Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Just one game in the NHL tonight. It is the Montreal Canadiens trailing the New Jersey Devils. 2-1 with eight and a half minutes left in the first period. Coleman and Zajac for the Devils. Gallagher has his 10th of the year for the Canadians. Triple header in the NFL. The Bills have beaten the Cowboys 26-15. How about Buffalo? Now 9-3 on the season behind only New England and Baltimore in the AFC earlier the Bears getting by the Lions 24-20. Bears go to 6-6. Six and six. And coming up tonight, it is the 9-2 Saints heavily favored on the road against the 3-8 Atlanta Falcons. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, the Oilers practice today. 12.30 practice. It was open to season ticket holders. So uh, eh, probably, uh, it was hard for me to count. I'd say probably at least a couple thousand season ticket holders taking in the practice. Ryan Nugent Hopkins did not skate. Ryan Nugent Hopkins not likely to play on the weekend. He's missed the last couple of games getting that hand issue dealt with. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Nugent had a little procedure this week, and he's, uh, I don't think he's available this weekend, but uh, early next week is a possibility for him. And he's been bothered by this for some time? It's been a little bit of a nagging thing for, for a few weeks here, yeah. So just it was the time that before it got any worse, we decided that it was the, the right time to make sure we uh, took care of it. And hopefully a week or 10 days will do that and, uh, and we'll be back at it. All right, so the Oilers with two games against the Canucks on the weekend. Home game on Saturday at Vancouver on Sunday. Both games start at 8. Our face-off show both nights will start at 6.30, but don't expect Ryan Nugent Hopkins to return, so that's going to take him to uh, four games out of the lineup. When they announced before that Arizona game that he wasn't going to play, they said at least two games. They were hoping he'd be back for the Saturday game against the Canucks. Doesn't look like that is going to happen, so no Nuge in the immediate future for the Edmonton Oilers. Alex Chase took that big hit last night from Ryan Graves, left the game. He got some uh, tests done today, so we'll see where it goes with him. And Chris Russell, who missed part of the game last night, did not practice today. A little bit more from Tippett. Russell just took a bad cut on his ear last night and was sore today. I think he'll be available to play to, uh, on Saturday, but just he he's a, he's a tough little guy. You know, he, I don't know if you've ever had your ears sewed up before, but 
That's one of the worst spots. His ears hurt bad, and I remember I felt for him seeing him laying on the table last night, and they got a, they're sewing him up, and the, half his ear hanging off there. It's not. So we decided to give him the day off. He earned a day off today. Well, when I hear that description of the ear, I can't help but think of this. What movie scene does that bring to mind, Kellen Kennedy? I'm drawing a blank. Reservoir Dogs. There we go. Yes. You, you, maybe you're not old enough to have seen that movie. No, I've seen it before. The it scene with the ear. That was the music. Yep. By the way, you don't. If 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 you watch that scene, you don't actually see the actual deed being done. The no. camera moves away, but it was so. Uh, it's implied. It's so disturbing to people. I've read about this. Many people say will describe. The removal of the ear in that scene, but it, is, it is not, does not actually happen on camera. Anyway, when Tiff's given that clip today about the the, the, the part of the ear hanging off, that's the, the first thing that came to my head. Oh, it's Reservoir Dogs. I think so pro Russell's, wrestling when I hear that, but Russell's going to be okay. <laughs> Russell's going to be okay. So uh, no Nugent Hopkins. Chris Russell should be good, and uh, we'll see on Alex Chason. So here's the deal with the Oilers. They are first in the Pacific Division, just barely ahead of the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes are two points behind with a game in hand. The Oilers are 16-8-3 with 35 points. Despite last night's game, overall a pretty good start. And it is U.S. Thanksgiving. And that stat, going back to 05-06, so in the salary cap era in the National Hockey League, 76% of the teams who have been in a playoff spot on U.S. Thanksgiving have wound up making the postseason at the end of the year. So obviously there are no guarantees, but by banking these points, by having this start to the year, the Oilers have increased their odds of making the playoffs. Talk to a few players about that today, about that Thanksgiving cut line stat. Well, that's kind of the measuring stick, right? But obviously there's still a lot of game, a lot of hockey left, but... We feel we've put ourselves in a good good position here to, to be successful the rest of the year. We just have to continue to grow as a team and uh, can't let our foot off the gas. Uh, I don't think we read into that uh, too much. Uh, we got a lot of work ahead of us and, um, you know, obviously we, we got ourselves in a good position, but uh, we also know that it's a long season. Things can change quickly, so, um, yeah, we just have to take it game by game and, and, and try and try and bring our uh, our A game every night. I just got asked about that and I didn't even know about it so um, that's not something we're going to focus on. I mean uh, we're aware of the position we're in but we understand that you know it's a process in here you got to continue to build. Um, you know we thought uh, you know last game was a learning experience for us that we have to continue to try and grow in those areas and uh, um, you know we still got a lot of growth left in our game so that's kind of where our mindset is. All right, so Gagne said there, you also heard from Dreisaitl and Cassian. Uh, Gagne said he wasn't even overly aware of that stat till he was being asked about it today. I mean, clearly the players are going to take that uh, traditional one-game-at-a-time approach. They're, they're guaranteed nothing, uh, but the points in the bank are meaningful. Dave Tippett referenced that today. And another thing I find interesting about that 76% 
is that it means there's there usually and I know and in St. Louis I know what they did last year, but the reason we talk about it so much is because it's such an exception that that they went from so far out of the playoffs to getting into the playoffs and then winning the Stanley Cup. That's really what makes it a story in, in that it was highly unusual. Oftentimes, and we've seen many Oilers teams in this situation, if you're 6, 8, 10 more points out of the playoffs by this point of the season, you are pretty much done. And you have to put together an incredible, unusual run like St. Louis did to give yourself a chance. I mean, look what the Oilers did uh, last year in the second half of the season. Late February, early March, they went 7-2-2. They went from being 7 points out of the playoffs to being 7 points out of the playoffs. So you kind of already have to be in the thick of it to make uh, a good run matter. So oftentimes, you know, there, there really isn't that much movement in the standings between now and the end of the season. And I asked Dave Tippett about that. It's a hard league to stretch anything out. You know, three-point games is... Basically, it tells me you've got to bank as many points as you can early and keep banking them all year if you're going to be a playoff team because you earn the right to be a playoff team. That's, that's what it is. And what you do is if you can get out of the gate early and put some points in the bank, it might shelter you a little bit if you run into some injury problems or run into a slump, which you try not to do. But it, uh, you know, and it, for us, it's, we wanted to get to a good start of the season just because we needed momentum. We needed to get things going the right way. We needed to find out who we are as a team and, and how we're going to play and how we're going to continue to get better. So um, I know there's emphasis put on this time of the year right now. I put more emphasis on it. At the start of the year, I looked at this last road trip and said this is one of the most important ones of the year right here, and it just happened to fall American Thanksgiving. So we put a lot of emphasis going into this road trip on four division games, a Colorado team that's a good team. So um, you know, I think we got a pretty good read on our, on our team. So it's, uh, it's like I said, there's three of five are good. Two not so good. Let's keep working at it. You know, so that's the stats are what they are. I, you know, but just because you're in at Thanksgiving doesn't mean you're in at the end. So we got a lot of work to do. All right, a little bit there from Dave Tippett. He referenced the three-point games, which can uh, make it tough for for teams to catch up when when losing teams a lot of times are able to get a point. Well, can get a point in the standings if you lose in overtime or a, or a shootout. Starting to get a read on the Oilers, the strengths, we've talked about them a lot, the goaltending, the special teams, the high-end guys, if they uh, continue to get a little bit of depth scoring every now and then, and if they continue to bounce back from losses, then they're going to avoid a long slump that could really hurt them in the standings and, and damage what they've done to start the season. And that's one of the things that has impressed me the most. The Oilers have yet to lose three games in a row, they have lost two games in a row twice, and in only one of those occasions were they both in regulation time. So only once all year have they gone back-to-back games without getting a point, and that's how you accumulate and build and, and are able to just get a little bit of separation between you and the rest of your division. And, and there is separation. Let's not ignore that. Two-point lead on Arizona. Arizona has a game in hand. Vancouver this weekend. The Canucks have a game in hand on the Oilers. Edmonton has seven more points than the Canucks. Edmonton has seven more points than the Vegas Golden Knights. 
and have played the same number of games. The Oilers have seven more points than the Calgary Flames, and they have a game in hand on the Flames. The Oilers have eight more points than the Sharks. Sharks have a game in hand on the Oilers. Maybe one or two of those teams is going to make a charge. They're not all going to make a charge. So that's a positive for the Oilers, and again, the impact of uh, of being in this spot at Thanksgiving. But talk to some of the players today about how come they haven't lost three straight. I think we're a resilient group, and um, you know we don't make excuses for ourselves. Uh, I think uh, you know even you look at last game, um, you know we felt we let a game slip away with the way Miko played, and uh, you know that's. Uh, uh, yeah, you kind of have to have that if you want to be a team that's going to bounce back. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, I spoke to our resiliency, but that that has to be the way um, for us to be successful. we got to continue to find ways to to bounce back. And, um, you know, next game's another tough test for us, so we got to be ready for it. Well, it's just within the room. We know when we play bad, we... We talk about it collectively as a group, and we go out and we want to we want to get back on the winning column. I think um, it wasn't our best effort. If it wasn't for Miko, it could have been a lot worse last game. Obviously, we're 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 not happy with the way we played, but we get to come home and two important games against a division rival. So, um, chance to redeem ourselves. It's going to be fun. It's just a matter of responding. Um, you know, we we said early in the year that um, you know we want to be a team that that responds and and um, y- you know. It, a team that, um, you know, when we know we're not at our best, that, you know, we go out the next game and, and we, we try and be at our best. So um, it's just something that we take pride in. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to come out with a, with a strong game tomorrow. All right. Uh, Saturday, obviously, is when the Oilers play the Canucks. Uh, that is the latest on the team. Again, Nugent Hopkins will not play this weekend. Uh, Dave Tippett saying that he had a little procedure on his injured hand. Won't be able to return this weekend. Cut ear for Chris Russell last night. Should be good to go against the Canucks Saturday and Sunday. You'll still hear from Adam Larson about his major penalty last night. I know some of you didn't like that. Also, a health update on Matt Benning. He took that slash to the face, the stick to the face from Vander Kane last uh, Tuesday. He's looking pretty good. Also, when we get back, we'll have our latest code word for our Join the Team promotion. I'm happy to hear from you as well. You can call or text. It is the same number. Remember, 780-496-0063. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Time for our daily code word for our Join the Team promotion brought to you by Japanese Village. This is when you're going to get to be in the Oilers team photo. You'll also get a full day experience. Go to the morning skate, hang out with me, Jack, and Bob. Get to meet members of Oilers management. You get interviewed on the face-off show, all that kind of stuff. You take this code word and you go to the contest page on 630ched.com. You look for the Join the Team promotion and you enter it there. And then you might be the grand prize winner announced on December 9th. Today's code word is breakaway. Breakaway is the code word for our Join the Team promotion. Look for that on the contest page on 630ched.com. All right. Adam Larson, thrown out of last night's game, five-minute major for elbowing against the Colorado Avalanche. I, I know there was some uh, stuff going around this morning on social media that he was having a hearing with the NHL. Uh, we talked to Larson after practice. He, in fact, uh, did not have a hearing 
with the NHL. I'm sure it was, uh, I, I'm sure, well, all ma- major penalties are going to be looked at, but Larson didn't actually have a hearing. Uh, here's what he had to say, though, about the play, about getting a five-minute major. The puck is right there. The guy is skating full speed towards me. I'm putting my hands up as a reaction. Um, I didn't hit him hard. He played the next shift. I don't know. I didn't thought it's going to be more than two minutes, to be honest with you. All right. I know we discussed last night on uh, overtime open line. Uh, Rob Brown thought it was uh, a five minute major. Uh, I mean, I thought it was definitely a, a penalty. I, I, I understand what they're uh, trying to do with, uh, with head shots and elbows to the head and, and things like that. If it would have been a two-minute penalty, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. Same thing if it happened to a member of the Oilers. Uh, but, you know, Rob thought it should have been a five-minute major. Anyway, the Oilers did kill it off, and we're looking to be in uh, in pretty good shape after killing that off. While they were killing it, Drysaddle took a penalty. They're down five on three for two minutes, got through that. But Colorado just totally uh, took over the game. But anyway, that's what Adam Larson had to say about that. Matt Benning at the start of the road trip in San Jose, a game the Oilers uh, won, he took a, a, a pretty vicious stick to the face from Evander Kane. Kane swinging at the puck, wound up hitting Benning in the ear. Benning has not played since, but he's feeling pretty good. I've been feeling good for a few days here now, so um, getting a few skates in me, which is good. Uh, I mean, I've only been off, uh, what is it, like a week and two days. Um, but getting those skates in is good. and. Yeah, I feel I feel back to normal. Uh, a little foggy before, and and that sort of thing. Dizzy just from getting hit in the ear, but um, feel fine now. And and uh, looking to uh, uh, put together some good practices and get back in there. All right, so that is uh, Matt Benning. So he could be playing pretty soon as well. Oilers and Canucks on the weekend. Saturday at Rogers plays 6.30 face-off show. The game will be at 8 o'clock here on 6.30 Shed. And uh, the Canucks, crazy game for them last night. They lost 8-6 to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Canucks now on the year coming in at 12-10-4. They're, uh, they're third in the division. They have the same number of points as Vegas and Calgary when you apply the tiebreakers, though. Vancouver gets third place ahead of the Golden Knights and the Flames. Uh, they played the Oilers' very first game of the year. That was a good game. The Canucks had the lead in the third period. Oilers able to tie it, and then McDavid able to get that winner with just over five minutes to go. And the Oilers have been a pretty good third period team this year. Last night, obviously excluded, but they've pulled out some victories and some tying goals in the third that have helped them get points along the way. They just did it in Arizona on Sunday. Granlin got the goal, and they won in a shootout. So I think this is going to be a, a good test, good home-and-home home here between the Oilers and the Canucks. All right, one of the other big stories this week, Jason Moss, no longer the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. That was announced Yesterday, the uh, search is on. Reports out there that the Eskimos have asked for permission to interview Paul Lapolice, offensive coordinator for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and Mark Killam, special teams quarter for the coordinator for the Calgary Flames. Yes, the guy with the hair. If you're wondering uh, about that name and who you've seen on the sidelines as one of the Stampeders coaches for several years. So the search is on by Brock Sunderland. We will get some player reaction to Moss's dismissal. Receiver Natea Jay coming up after the 6.30 news. Of course, you can text her. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Call 780-496-0063. Always happy to hear from you. Back after the break. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Just uh, one hockey game tonight. Devils lead the Canadians 2-1 after the first period. NFL Saints already up 7-0 on the Falcons four and a half minutes into the first quarter. The Bills knock off the Cowboys 26-15, and it is Chicago winning 24-20 in Detroit. The Bills now 9-3 on the season. Cole Beasley today, six receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, we're back at it with uh, Oilers home and home against Vancouver on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Face-off show 630 for both games. Both games will start at 8. Hey, this is pretty cool, guys. One week from tonight... We're going to be having the 630Chad Santa's Anonymous live auction on our shows throughout the day here on 630Chad. From 6 to 7 on Inside Sports, we will be auctioning off tickets to an Oilers game on February 8th, a signed Rexall place seat signed by Grant Fuhr and Paul Coffey, and the opportunity to golf with Grant Fuhr. So that's going to be the live auction one week from today. The online auction, however is already open. Santasanonymous.ca. Tons of great items to bid for, ranging from $50 gift cards all the way up to a Brooks and Dunn autographed guitar. So uh, Santasanonymous.ca. Check out everything, and you can also uh, read about the stuff that's going to be available for our live auction during our talk shows one week from today. That is Thursday, December 5th. Awesome stuff. Okay, well, the uh, Edmonton Eskimos uh, season did not finish the way they liked. They lost in the East final to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. After four years on the job, Jason Moss was let go as head coach. So the search on now for a, a new head coach for the Edmonton Eskimos. And uh, to discuss that and other developments in his life, it is Eskimos receiver Natea Jay. Natea, you're on with Reed. Welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Uh, good to be back on with you. Yes, we really appreciate you checking in tonight. We know it's always uh, tough for players uh, when a coach says farewell. Be- before we-, we dive into the- into that part of the conversation, I'll throw a couple other ones at you. Uh, and I know you're you're a-, a busy guy with a with a couple of young kids. But is this a day? Do you try and, and sit on the couch and watch NFL all day, or, or how involved do you get in the- into the American Thanksgiving football? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Like I'm trying to be on the couch as much as possible, taking in as much football as possible. I'm actually watching the New Orleans Atlanta game as we speak. But uh, you know, I have other responsibilities, like you said. So I try to get them out the way uh, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. So there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no, oh, you forgot to do this or you forgot to do that. But you know, I try to get all my responsibilities out the way, um, and then and then it's football time. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are nine and three. They have the third best record in the conference behind the New England Patriots, who are always good. 
and uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who are led by MVP candidate, maybe favorite at this point, Lamar Jackson. I, I don't want to say the Bills have done it quietly, but maybe with a little less fanfare than a couple other teams in the conference. What do you see from them? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, the Bills have kind of uh, flown under the radar a little bit here, and and all the talk is about Lamar Jackson and uh, you know how they're rolling and they're beating the Patriots and they're beating uh, all these, um, these star-studded teams. But you know Buffalo is kind of quietly uh, building a great resume. They're nine and three. Um, you know before everybody was talking about how they hadn't beaten anyone good, uh, but today you know they proved that they belong and uh, they kind of put themselves on the map with an impressive win against a you know a good Dallas team at home. When you watch Lamar Jackson from Baltimore play, just tell me a little bit about what you see from him. And and it's interesting to me, too, because when there is a, a scrambling Russian quarterback in the NFL, uh, you know, it really stands out. And there's always the discussion. I mean, remember about Michael Vick and I'm putting yeah. all the off-field stuff with Vick. I'm not talking about that. But in on-field... He always got criticized, even when he ran for a thousand yards, because the the thinking in the NFL is that you got to throw, you got to throw. You don't need a scrambler. You don't need a scrambler, but but mm-hmm. it can work. Now maybe Vic didn't have quite the career that people thought, and obviously the off-field stuff derailed him a little bit. But with, with Jackson, um, I, I don't hear a lot of people frowning on that skill set with mm-hmm. him. Yeah, it's, it's 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 quite the change because I remember Michael Vick was my favorite player. And NFL, and there was always that talk of, well, he can't throw, and he's doing it differently than any quarterback had ever done in history. And, um, you know, it was kind of a sticking point with him that he never really developed a consistent passing game that, you know, he needed to do at the uh, uh, to win at a high level. And But he'd always have the exciting plays, the highlight plays that you'd watch, and, and you, you know, everybody was a fan of, fans of that, but the, the, the constant chatter was, oh, he can't do it. Um, in the pocket, and you can never win. And he was ever able to win enough for people to, you know, buy into that um, to that aspect. But what Lamar is doing now is phenomenal. Like the, the Ravens have completely bought him into his play style, and you know they've you know they've got all the coaches that you know understand what works for him, and they haven't tried to make him uh, comfort to what conventional wisdom tells you to do with the quarterback. They're just playing uh, using how exactly how they used them in college at Louisville. And uh, it's working, and you know it's 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 unbelievable because usually when a guy does something that like, like that in college, you always think, oh, that's not going to work in the NFL. Anybody's just you know bigger, stronger, and faster, they're going to shut this down. But the NFL hasn't. He he's actually that explosive, and and he's gotten a lot better with his arm this year. You could tell that you know he dedicated a lot of time you know in the off season to you know honing his craft as a passer, and and he says it in interviews all the time. He's like. You know, I'm back there. I'm a passer. You know, I can run, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm running around to pass the ball. So he's bought into that, and and uh, any given moment, he's the fa- he's the best athlete on the field. So you know, with a guy like that back there, with that kind of mindset, and you know, his kind of buy-in, like they say, like he's in the facility, first one in, last to leave. Uh, I think he's got a bright future, and, and you can't lose with a guy like that. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff for sure. And Natasha joining us on Inside Sports. You know, you've been on the show uh, obviously several times, and and you did some great cup reporting for us last year. So you've been able to tell fans your story a little bit. And uh, as I said, that included another addition to the family, and a bit of a, a scheduling uh, uh, dilemma, timing <laughs> concern with yeah. uh, with your your wife being in Toronto. Are you are you moving to Edmonton this off season though? Or are you in the process of doing that? What's going on? 
Yeah, um, we're in Toronto right now, but uh, yeah, this off season we're it's going to be our first. Actually, no, yeah, it's going to be our first off season uh, uh, spending in in Edmonton. So we're excited to do that. We just uh, kind of got tired of going back and forth, so we're going to uh, immerse ourselves in uh, the Edmonton culture and the Edmonton lifestyle, and and and, uh, and kind of see what where that takes us. But yeah, this off season we're going to spend in Edmonton and. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're happy to hear that. And you and you have what a year left on your deal? Yep. Um, I'm signed through 2020, so um, also excited about that. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Natasha joining us. The, the news came came down yesterday. Jason Moss relieved of his duties as a head coach. Obviously, you played for Jason for several years. You know him well. Um, I mean, look, the season didn't go the way the way anybody wanted ultimately because you want to win that title. Um, so look, there's always change in pro sports. You know, Brock and Jason came out the day after the season and said we got to talk. So there were some indications there could be some changes. You know, as as a player, when you hear your coach is is let go, just tell fans a little bit. You know, what goes through your mind, how you how you feel feel about that when you got to say farewell to your head coach. Uh, it's uh, I think it's it's a little different for um, everyone. Um, I definitely had a relationship with Coach Moss, and you know, um, you know, I, you know, he's one of my my most favorite coaches I've ever had, and you know, I, I think very uh, strongly and deeply for him. So <laughs> it was definitely tougher for me, uh, the emotional day, because you know, I know him, I, I know uh, what kind of man he is, and on and off the field, and you know, it was tough for me because I know how much he loved the, the Eskimos and how how much he wanted to win for Edmonton. Um, you know, it was it was definitely his dream job. You know, he was obviously quarterback the Eskimos and then, you know, becoming a head coach uh, in the CFL for, you know, his favorite team and the city that he lived in uh, was very important to him. And you could see that every day. He was, you know, he took his job extremely seriously and, you know, he was extremely professional every single day. He loved coming to work. He was positive. Um, he loved his players. And, you know, for me, it was, it was really tough because I know how much it meant to him. And anytime you see a uh, man that loses something that is important to them, you kind of, you know, you kind of feel for him because, you know, it, we've all gone through stuff that um, uh, maybe it, it was important to us and it was taken away. So we know how that feels. So um, for me, uh, I just took that into consideration. It was, uh, it was, it was tough for me to see. It was, uh, I, I wish him all the best. And uh, it, was, it was unfortunate for me to see. Nate, you know, you, like, like you said, you went to work with Jason every day. There were a couple of areas that Jason was criticized for from people like me in the media, from fans who wanted a few more wins along the way. So, yeah. I, you know, I think it's important for me to get your perspective on these. One of them was uh, what was called the lack of discipline. Uh, you know, there were a lot of times where the Eskimos were the most penalized team in the league or or right up there some costly penalties along the way, maybe for rough play after the whistle, things like that. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people said that that's, you know, started with Jason, that he didn't do a good enough job controlling that or reining that in. How, how would you sort of respond to those discipline issues and how they, in your mind, related or didn't relate to your head coach? Yeah, um, I mean, the criticism is there, but uh, we I know that Coach Moss, you know, he addressed um, uh, everything along with discipline. He every every year before the year, he'd always show us how important it was for us to be a disciplined team. And you know, guys were uh, you know punished for you know not being disciplined. Like obviously, he would never call anybody out of the media, but behind closed doors, uh, you know, it was a big uh, talking point. And guys knew the ramifications of you know doing those things. Like there were guys that sat out uh, 
you know, first quarters that didn't start because of, you know, their fractures on the field. So, you know, it was a very extremely important thing for us. Um, but on the other hand, we're, we were an uh, aggressive team. And if you're going to be an aggressive team, there, you know, some of those rough play penalties are going to come in, into play. So, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, sometimes you're you're aggressive and it's it's hard to turn it off. But um, I agree. Like at times we could be smarter, but you would never tell um, our guys to be any less aggressive than they were. And you know, it's, uh, so some of those penalties you live with, and you look at a team like Saskatchewan, they won they were first in the West, but they were right there with us in terms of penalties. I think um, so when you look, we looked at the stats. So penalties were, um, you know. Are, are important and especially the timing ones are really important but the, the, that's not what um sometimes it's sometimes at the end when you see the last county and it's an inopportune time you think that loses the game but um that's not the stat that you know shows uh up in wins and losses uh most of the time is wins and losses the stat that correlates most with those is uh turnovers but um but we're talking about um we're talking about penalties right now and you know, it was a big talking point, but I, I don't feel like, um, you know, that was the reason why we, we won our last games. All right. Uh, another uh, another criticism that came up of Jason, and I guess, you know, it was a team issue too, but with him being kind of the primary coach on offense as well as the head coach, uh, the last two years in a row you guys started 6-3, and three, did not do as well in the second half. And offensively, uh, there were some games where you guys put up a lot of yardage, but maybe didn't get the points uh, that you wanted or, or couldn't respond to what another team did after yeah. they had a big driver got some points. So there were questions about, you know, Jason, uh, you know, adapting or, or adjusting to what defenses are doing or putting in new wrinkles uh, as the season went along. How do you see that? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, it's hard for me put my finger on that I know uh you know somebody else had asked me that and you know I I, I really don't have a good answer for <clears throat> why we're you know, scuffling mid-season but anytime you play like a Calgary a team like Calgary twice you know mid-season uh they're gonna be tough battles and you know they're they're a great team so so sometimes you know it's gonna look worse than it is um but I really don't have a great answer for you I just know that each time we're in that locker room or preparing for a game uh we had the best plan. Coach Moss put in a great plan that was well thought out and was what he thought was best to win the game. And sometimes we look back and, you know, you know, a miss split here or, or a miss assignment here, you know, um, throughout the course of the game add, add up and, you know, they cause you to lose a game. So um, they're just little things that, that we kept seeing for, was for reasons for us to lose some of those games and, uh, you know, one or two things go away. It's, it's a completely different story. So I don't, I, I can't really, I don't have a great answer for you, but I know that, you know, every time we're in that, uh, we're in that uh, meeting, our meeting rooms or preparing for games, we, we were trying to win every single game. <laughs> Nate, appreciate that. Uh, just one more for you. You're, you yeah. will have a new head coach, so you'll have yep. a new boss, basically. Uh, you know, you're a veteran player, so you have had, uh, you know, a few coaches along the way, and obviously you've been playing football most of your life, so you, you've you've had to be a teammate and, you, and you've had to be a player for a lot of different coaches. When a new coach comes in, uh, you know, how, how, what's the process of proving yourself as a player, building that relationship with a new head coach? Take us inside that a bit. Yeah, um, this is actually going to be my first time having a new coach come in. Um, I, I was drafted in Toronto. I had the same coach for those two years, and I, I, I came to Edmonton after two years in Toronto, and I've had that Moss 
to stand. So I've never had <clears throat> a coach uh, come in. But, you know, once I heard he was fired and I started thinking about, um, you know, that we're going to have a new boss, I, I started immediately thinking of, oh, wow, like this new guy that comes in is not going to know me. Um, he's going to have to learn me just like I'm learning him. So, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like you're a rookie again where no one knows uh like you and you have to prove yourself each and every day. So that's the kind of mindset I, um, I think I'm having and a lot of guys are going to have um, in terms of knowing that they have to prove themselves all over again because, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Like uh, Coach Hamas, you know, maybe had his guys uh, or guys that he knew well, and but this coach potentially doesn't know anybody on this roster because I, I don't know where this coach is coming from. But um, so – you know, once again, everybody's going to have to prove themselves um, day in and day out. But, you know, we're all professionals, and and we know in this business, that's, that's what's required. You know, you can't take any days off. So that's uh, that's going to be the mindset for sure. You know, obviously everyone's going to be have the mindset of a rookie and just proving yourself. I, I, I thought of one more to tell you while you were answering that. My apologies. <laughs> no but you're, always, you're so well-spoken. I want to get your reaction to this too. Would it be... I guess I'll use the word difficult, maybe maybe awkward. I mean, because the coach has to prove himself to the players too. I think that's part of the relationship. And we've seen some coaches come in to the CFL without previous CFL experience. A lot of them didn't turn out very well. Like as a player, do you prefer somebody who's been a CFL head coach or coordinator before? Like is that preferable to... NFL, NCAA, so you, you, know, you know what I'm getting at? Because the league yeah, does have definitely. its... Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're getting at. And, and you know, as a player, you, you do because, you know, the CFL is such a different game um, that and there's a lot of intricate scenes of the game that, you know, it's, it's hard to pick up on the fly. So you, you definitely want an experienced coach that understands the game and understands what makes this, you know, the CFL game unique. And uh, just just so we can hit the ground uh, running, and, you know, and the coach is not trying to figure out, oh, you, you know, you have to give five yards when the ball's kicked, or um, there's one yard off the ball, and just you know, just little things like that. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> you definitely look to have a you know a, a coach that has had success in the CFL, especially you know someone you can look to and be like, oh, he did this and this and this, and okay, I can see him doing that with us, right? So that's. Uh, that would make it a little bit more comforting, um, you know, to have someone that is brand new. You know, it's kind of uh, I don't want to tell anybody how to do their job, but you know, you would understand if you had somebody that came into the to the studio and you know was directing the show, but had never done it, uh, you know, at that level that you're at, um, you'd be kind of concerned too, right? So um, that's that's how we're looking at it, and that's how I'm looking at it, and you know, hopefully, uh, you get someone with, with those qualifications. <laughs> Nate, it's it's great to have your perspective as you know, and I know as a player, like I said, it's always tough to see uh, to see the coach go. So thanks for weighing in on that and giving fans some some insight. Really appreciate it. And it, hey, have a great move to Edmonton and uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, great talking to you as always, Reed. Right on. That is Nate Ajay, Edmonton Eskimos receiver. Uh, yeah, like I said during the interview, he's he's really well spoken. He's he, he's a thoughtful guy. Hopefully that gave you a little bit of insight, at least into his perspective and probably some of his teammates on Jason Moss uh, and the firing. We didn't get to talk a lot about this yesterday because we had the hockey game. 780-496-0063 is how you call or text. Uh, you know, Moss has moved on. I think we talked a little bit uh throughout the last couple of seasons about criticism of Moss, maybe some of his shortcomings or, or things he didn't adapt to along the way. So we're moving on. 
what do you want to see from a new head coach? Uh, you know, what do you want experience-wise? Does he have to have been a head coach? Would you be happy getting a, a coordinator like a Mark Killam, like a Paul Lapolice? Well, Lapolice was a head coach in the past, but hasn't been one for a few years. Uh, you can let me know what you think. It's, uh, you know, another big hire for the Eskimos as they try to get over the hump. They've been a fairly mediocre team, uh, you know, at least three of the fat last four years. They were pretty good in 2017. We're- another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back after the break. Lucas texting in 780-496-0063. He says, hey, Reed, Rick Campbell is my first choice for Eskimos head coach. He's the only one I feel who would be a sure bet to do a good job. Question marks about all the other candidates. And James writes in as well. He says, not sure who I want for head coach, but I would love to see Ricky Ray as the offensive coordinator. Oh, that's interesting. Ricky Ray, of course, uh, retired, went on the Eskimos Wall of Honor. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics fun with a modern twist. We're going to catch up with our old buddy Greg Reynolds coming upstairs from Kissing Country 103.9. He is always an entertaining guest. We'll have some fun in the next half hour. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.